What's up, Stokers? Good to see you. So stoked for this episode. I want to start off by saying that we are brought to you by Helix Beer Bongs, the best in the biz. They got amazing funnel technology. Check out our Helix Beer Bongs at shopcgd.com if you want to start chugging some froth. We are also brought to you, of course, by the legends at Manscaped. Manscaped, thank you so much for keeping our trims pubed, for looking after our hogs, for making sure that our dingle dongles are looking fresh and clean because you got a dong or something like it. Uh, yeah, and you got pubes, so trim them. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unwail your beach body? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes a lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your dad bought her six pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guys summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GoDeep20. Okay. Put on the socks and start the engine. What's up, Stokers of Stoke Nation? This is Chad Kroger coming in with the Going Deep with Chad and JT podcast. And I'm here with my compadre, Jean Thomas. What up? Boom clap, Stokers. And we have our guest today. Needs no introduction, but you might know her best as Mia Toretto. So stoked to have you on the show. Jordana Brewster. What up? We were a bit nervous before the pod. Yeah, we were nervous. Yeah, we were a little nervous. Yeah. This is a big deal for us. Tell me why. Is it the personal? Because you were going to be on it. I was no, like, we were nervous because you were going to okay. be on it. No, yeah. I understand that. Okay. No, yeah. I mean I don't well, understand. I don't mean that. Do you get like, nervous for interviews? I get nervous. You know what? I get nervous when I'm not prepared for something. Like when right. I like recently, I had this campaign and I did not understand what my job was. I kept reading all this, and I'm like, "There's one message in here, and I'm supposed to talk for like hours about this. How am I going to pull this off?" And if I'm not prepared, I can't wing it. I'm not like one of those charming people that are like, oh, just like my sister. Mm-hmm. Like right. Bella's Bella. really charming and she can pull it out of her ass and 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 perform that day, but I can't. I need to like do the prep. I, I'm that way. I, I need to prep on, on most things. But podcasts, yeah. though, it's 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 kind of a trip because you can prepare as much as you want. You can, like, you can write down like questions. But then again, when you get into it, you're sort of like... You go on tangents, right? Yeah. Which makes it interesting. Yeah. yeah. You just People want to hear a free-flowing conversation that sounds like a real-life one. Totally. Yeah. But there yeah. is a bit of performance in it. Well, I think for me, the tricky part is like, especially with you guys, because I know you guys in real life, mm-hmm. it's the editor, right? Like, I'll have to edit myself a little bit and be like, shut the fuck up. Don't tell that story. No, let it rip. <laughs> like, let it rip. Yeah, we sure. can edit it later. What I like to do, I like to go too far in the recording, and then right. I can pull it back. Right. Because you can't add stuff, but you it can always pull be, it so out. How do you edit? You you have to hear the whole thing again. Yeah, I have, to, I have to listen to myself all the time. It's brutal. Do you yeah. do it on hikes, on walks, or do you have to sit? No, I have to, to sit like with my laptop and That's just watch. Really it's difficult. good. You get very familiar with like your habits. Some good, some bad. Right. Yeah. Well, you must get that. I mean, do you watch yourself? Do you like to watch movies that you're in? I often don't. Um, or I'll watch it once or twice. And then years will go by. I don't watch it. And then I'll have like a a shitty version of like what that experience was like. And then I'll go back 10 years later and I'll go, oh my God, that was good. Mm. Like yeah. recently I did a podcast on Fast Five. 
Hadn't seen it in it's my ages. Favorite. So good. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite. Really, too. Yeah, it's, I already watched it two it's weeks amazing. ago. It's so good. It's so good. And that's when it kind of, uh, I feel like the scale of it kind of leveled up to a degree as well. I agree. It got more international. Four was in LA. Yeah. Mainly, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen four in so long. Yeah, four is primarily Southern California. Four was LA. Uh, three, Tokyo Drift. Two, Miami. One, Echo Park. Nice. Yeah. Yes. And Long Beach. I couldn't. You guys know more than I do. It's so bad. Um, but when I saw five, I was like, damn, I was really good in that film. Same thing with one. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. really good in one. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. But when I look back, I'm always like, no, I really sucked in that. I don't know. It's it, like when, my- I'm glad we're... Go ahead. Well, when the, when the editor says we've got to cut, do you get... Because I get this, like a rush of anxiety. You're like, oh, God, I don't want to see. <laughs> oh, um... No, because I'm usually yeah. begging to see the movie. Like oh, you want to see it? Okay. Yeah. Well, this time around, it was different because we were set to come out before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then the pen- COVID hit and it was like, okay, now we're going to delay a year. Yeah. But the movie was ready. So I would I text Justin. I'm like, what's up, Justin? Like, look at this. This reminded me of you. And he's like, Jesus Christ, Jordan. I'm like, <laughs> like, just come out and say it. Um, and... Where I'm like, how's the movie coming along? And he's like, it's really good, Jordana. Like, you'll see it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kept hinting at it because I was dying to see it. So right. I, I I wasn't nervous. I went with my boyfriend, Mason. We watched it together. Who's here? Mason's Who's over here there. listening. Yeah. Mason, I good never, friend of ours as well. Yeah. yeah. And you guys, we owe our relationship partially to you guys. Yeah. Let's oh, yeah. let's tangent that. What what? Totally. How did? Can we can we hear the origin story from your perspective? From my perspective, so so there was a, a, a period of time where we were um, DMing each other on Instagram, and that's how I, it happens like, these days. It's how it happened. Well, yeah. or that, or like Raya, which I was like, I never had to. You didn't have to get on Raya. I don't think I would do well. I feel like it's. It, I've never been on there. Right, like I I, I got on recently, and I, I had like a. A month where I was like going deep into the dating apps, but then like, after a month, you're kind of like, because is you, it addictive? The scrolling in the and you already kind of find your, you found your people. Yeah, yeah. it's addictive, and then I, I kind of realized you, the, the the better connections kind of come from people that you, for me at least, that I've known for a little bit, mm-hmm. where we can sort of rekindle. That's what I found. Recently. I agree. Yeah. Who are you I talking? Agree. Don't, no, I'm just don't kidding. worry about it. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, so my Chad best... was tripping out today because someone hadn't texted him back. So yeah, he was, I, I was dying. Yeah, oh, he, was, he was in his anxiety. How long did yeah. she take? Uh, three hours. I was, well, it was like, okay. I was like, I was just on the couch. JT's like, we were working on a little pitch talk we're working on. And I was like, I can't focus, man. Because I, 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 I made a joke. And then I was like, oh, maybe that didn't read as a joke. Oh, no. And so I was like, do I have to do the explanation? So I, and I showed JT and he's like, can I you think tell it... us the joke? Was it maybe offensive? No, it was like, so I, I saw her, I, I bought her a taco, right? I was like, let me know how much I can Venmo you for that minus the taco I bought you. <laughs> Which, I thought it's funny. That's but a good joke. Right? It's funny, but yeah, I can see how on, t- like, on text where it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, this guy's really. So I was like, I was like, dude, you might have to say you were joking. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was on the fence. I was like, I don't know how she'll take it, but I was like, I would clarify. <laughs> so I clarified. Oh no. Forty five minutes later. Oh god. Yeah. Wait. So why don't you think you would do well on Raya? <laughs> I just wait. First, I'd like to go back to. So yeah, then, let's keep going. how did she respond? Um, uh, she responded with a joke back. 
about okay, it. good. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so I, then everything was okay. Yeah, but I was just so I was like, I was like, dude, I messed it all up. No, it's awful. And yeah. then you can also check their Instagram feed and whether or not they posted, posted yeah, right. or been a awake or live or whatever it is yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah that's really horrible yeah luckily i didn't have to go on any um dating apps but i wouldn't do well because i'm just not good at i don't like dating i don't like like i don't mind putting my best face forward and 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 being interviewed or or doing that sort of stuff but not with like i don't know i've been a serial like in serial relationships my whole life. So right. I don't think I'd like to like... That's what you're used to. Test out the waters. Yeah. Like yeah. some girlfriends were like, oh my God, you're single. You're going to have so much fun for a while. You weren't looking forward to like a hot girl summer? No. Right. At all. Well, you know what you that like. That's jam. good. Yeah. yeah. So so you and Mace, you guys are DMing each other, like flirty banter stuff? We're DMing each other, sometimes few and far between, sometimes regularly. But I... but. You got to give it some space at times. You got to give it some space. But also, yeah, (laughs) there were were other factors at hand. But he was, to me, he had like the ultimate um, badge of like check mark or certificate of approval because he was very close with my best friend in the world, Max, who Mm. I just trust her. I love her. And um, he'd been vetted. He'd been vetted. That's how I, I met him initially. And then. We would just occasionally DM, but he sent me one of your guys' podcasts, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't listen to it initially, but it did turn me on to it because I knew also about the the Paul Walker statue because my mm-hmm. dad had also sent me that. Oh, nice. really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And um, which is funny because Mason always says like you're kind of with your dad. Uh, sometimes they have very they're very both very intellectual, very like dry sense of humors. Um, so that's funny. That's another tangent we make right. out of this. Slight electric complex thing going on. That's normal. I think we're all that <laughs> way, right? Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't prior to this, but I finally made the right choice. So if I do, it's fine. Yeah. You, the prodigal daughter, you had to move away before you came back. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, where were we? And then, oh, the the Paul Walker statue, because you guys have picked that up again. Mm-hmm. But that's what drew me to the pod as well as Mason's recommendation. But I always thought of that as like, is it a joke? Is it not a joke? Right? That's right. I wanted to ask you guys about. I, think I, I was really, I, when it first sort of blew up, because it, it, it sort of blew up outside of like a, a San Clemente newspaper or their Facebook page released it. Mm-hmm. And so it was at like 2 million views oh, wow. before I even knew. And and that was like my first worry, because I, you know, because I was like, oh, like, like I was talking to my sister about, it. I'm like, well, this, like, how do I convey that I'm like a true, genuine fan? Like, I, I just love, like, it, it came from a real place, you know. So that that was one of the biggest concerns I had when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you guys can clarify that because I think. I think the reason there's a misconception is because you guys use that that device of like talking to um, City Hall and and arguing your case, and oftentimes it is the jokes on them, right? Right. But mm-hmm. with the Paul one, it's or it's in their hands to decide whether the jokes on them or not. I suppose. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think one thing is that uh, with our speeches is the jokes on us, kind of. Because it's more like a... Well, it's up to other people, I guess, but that's how I think of it. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to go behind the curtain, but it's sort of like the... the... But the Paul one was in earnest. That's what matters. I think it's the most sincere of everything we've done. And the fact that 
I mean, you guys should get it built. I agree. There should be a monument to him. I've always thought like when he first passed, I was working with um, Brandon Bertel, his partner, who I who I really love. He's wonderful. He took over the Paul Walker Foundation. And mm-hmm. I was like, initially, I had a vision for, for Paul's legacy where it would kind of be like the Paul Newman brand, you know, where mm-hmm. it's sort of ubiquitous. You see it everywhere. And I knew about the brand before I knew about Paul Newman, exactly. the actor. So to me, he was like the salad dressing guy. Well, that's kind of what I wanted, not as the salad sure, dressing sure, guy, sure. but like Not, not into a commodity, but into was, something, yeah. Yeah, someone Or into a consumer was, good, but someone who's kind of always in our lives and kind of a wholesome image for people. Absolutely. That's what I wanted. So we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. where it goes. I think it'll get there. Yeah. Well, yeah. so can you talk more about, because, you know, our fandom is kind of removed. We never got to meet him. Uh, can you talk sad. maybe about meeting him? Uh, doing the first Fast and Furious and kind of your relationship afterwards? It's funny because during the, for the first one, we weren't, um, I mean, we were all like, think about that time. It was, it was like, we were on the heels of, I mean, I remember when the first one came out, we went to the Deauville Film Festival. It was us, Tara Reid, Heath Ledger. <laughs> like, it was just a bunch of. That sounds like summer camp young, for like all the cool partying, young actors. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was so much fun um but none of us were really hanging out in earnest and really chilling because we, we just had the maturity of like a bunch of teenagers basically given a lot of exposure and um not power because we didn't have any power uh but it was just a fun time and it wasn't until four that i really got to know Paul and really started talking to him more. And, and we talked about his daughter and we talked about where I was. And um, and you guys must have changed so much in that time. So from much, one to four, right? So yeah. much. I mean, that must be incredible with these fast movies where you come back and it's like, you know, it's almost like that 7-Up series, this documentary where they come back every seven years. It's like, you guys could be radically different people each time you meet up again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, you know, one movie, we were all single. The next some of us are married, some of us aren't, some of us are divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm separated, have two kids. At the very beginning, I had none. Like, we're, we're all of us are going through different phases of life. And mm-hmm. kind of going through it together. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. And, and I'll call Vin up and I'll be like, I mean, right before the pandemic, there was something huge I was going through and I had to make a huge decision on whether or not to do something. And he was like, I, I didn't listen, so my dad gave me advice. My husband at the time gave me advice, and I was like, mm, "I'm gonna call Vin." <laughs> like I called Vin, he gives, and I'm like, "Yes, okay, I will. I will take that advice, and I'm gonna." He gave you good advice. He gave me really, really good advice. So is, is Vin kind of like the? What's his role in the kind of social dynamic? Vin is he brings everyone together. Mm-hmm. Um, before we start a film, he usually has a get together where, I mean, I'm an introvert, so this is my idea of a nightmare where. <laughs> Oh my God, this happened on 5-2 where I made Paul sit next to me, but there was a mic. Anytime you see a mic, you're like, I'm going to have to give a speech. (laughs) And you never know when it's going to happen. It could happen like on the first course, the second course. And like you kind of have to moderate your drinking according to like when you're going to have to get up there. And there's no escaping it. And and so the whole time you can't really have fun because you're like, what am I going to say? And like preparing and... But ultimately, it's the kind of thing where you're like, I'm really glad I did that because mm. people open up. Um, it's like it's a way to bring everyone together. It's really nice. But we do that with every single one. So Vin has you guys give a speech. 
Yeah, and he gives speeches My dad makes everyone do that. Really? At dinner, my dad will just point and go, hey, give a speech. Yeah. And doesn't it give you like performance anxiety? It does. And also after the first one, it's great. But then he keeps making people give speeches. I'm like, hey, come on. Like, let's fix, like, let's have a fixed amount here. Yeah. But I get it because it does, it makes people open up and kind of pour out their feelings that Mm -hmm. everyone wants to hear, but maybe wouldn't come out and just uh, more stilted hangs. Totally. Yeah. 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 So then you're on four and you and Paul really kind of. Yeah. So on four, Paul and I really, um, our, our friendship became stronger. I remember he gave me like, he gave me this album. It wasn't, it wasn't Ben Harper. Um, it was Amos Lee. And I just remember Paul having this, what was magnificent and really cool about Paul and, and what I was amazed I was really amazed with the fact that after he passed, it seemed like having not met him, everyone still got it. Mm. Like this this deep feeling coupled with an appreciation for everyone around him. Does that mm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Like he made everyone feel, um, he valued everyone, whether it be the camera guy, the makeup person, the costume person, um, he made everyone feel very seen. And I think that's a, a very rare trait to have, especially in this industry. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I, I, I thought was kind of magnificent about Paul was that he would talk, he would never talk about like, he would never brag. Like, I think a mm-hmm. lot of actors are like, oh, I, sh- I benched this much, or oh, I do this sport. Or... Who's bragging about their bench? <laughs> I mean, no one clearly or about their fasts or about you know their <laughs> ice water baths like no one that's not what doesn't happen guys was the ice water bath thing did, a chat? That on me? <laughs> i'm just kidding you guys that's funny. um but but what i thought was 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 so cool was like talking to brandon after paul passed like there were all these things about him that he never spoke about yeah. like he was super intelligent about um conservation and uh he lived so humbly he had this like smaller house in santa barbara and was super chill and low-key and he collected all these um and restored all these cars and like that wasn't something he'd be on set and go like hey like i just bought this car and restoring it and like he would never flex like that Mm -hmm. um which i think says a lot about him that's cool. Yeah, one thing. He the... also played a joke on me that I have to share. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I felt like such an idiot. We were, one of the most fun parts about shooting the Fast um, franchises, franchise, uh, and we don't get to do it this time around, which sucks because of COVID, but um, we traveled to Brazil. We traveled to Taiwan. We traveled to uh, Mexico, and, and usually Michelle would get paired up with Vin. I would get paired up with Paul, and one time on our way to Brazil, Paul was next to this really big burly dude. And I was like, well, who's, who's that guy? And he's like, he's my translator. Hmm. I was like, okay, cool. And and I let it fly for like the next couple of days. And I was like, that's kind of fucking weird that he would have a translator. Like usually the studio provides that. And like come to find out days later, they were like, dude, he's my buddy and my trainer. Like <laughs> you are such an idiot that like I'm the most gullible person. But he was always playing those sweet jokes on me. Yeah, I one of the things from his documentary that I loved 
that you kind of hinted at was that he seemed to have like this inherent humility that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Like he was almost like, especially when the first fast took off, he was almost like a sort of reluctant movie star. Like mm-hmm. he had the star power and everyone loved him, you know, but he kind of wanted to stay down to earth and stay, he lived in Santa Barbara and, and sort of was connected to the ocean and all these kinds. Of, it seemed like he had that, which I think was just so such a cool thing to learn about him that mm-hmm. he, he just like I, I imagine just this incredible warmth um, about him yeah. that I, I've sort of gleaned from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. He did. Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah. When you when you do so many of the the fast films, like for like you and Vin, and you guys are playing brother and sister, does it ever feel like you like are brother and sister now? It does. Point? It does. He was actually one of the first people I called. Um, I mean, every milestone I go through, I call him. I can't share my, his response this time around because it would it would be wildly inappropriate. Why don't but, you let it rip? But no, I can't. What do you but, say? but he he just he's so. Um, yeah, he is like my big brother. Mm-hmm. What was the milestone? It was actually separation, so that's oh, why okay. I can't. I can't. I cannot share. No, but that but, is a good thing, but, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's. Um, yeah, he held Julian in his arms when he was a baby. He like I can you know, it's it's insane. It's crazy. And Mason said he calls you sis, right? He does. Yeah, that's cool. Oh wow, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. And did you did you feel that sort of? Uh, connection that sort of sibling connection even from the first movie you guys have really like i i, I was gonna say your guys's sibling rapport is like really lived in even in the first one yeah. thank you no the first one i really didn't know what i was doing the first one oh. i think i was so scared i was i was 21 that's crazy it is crazy although i thought i was younger but i guess now that the although maybe i was 20 when we were shooting it because it came out when i was 21 so i was 20 i, I was, could not have handled that pressure at 20 i mean i don't know if i could but, handle but it I, now, but, but like I at 21 know back then that it was pressure right i right. think as we get older we get more neurotic and more fearful right um but even though i was pretty neurotic as a 20 year old but so i was at school i was at yale and then i were you in the acting school there no i was Clearly not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was no. I was undergrad. I was majoring in English, and I my, my sister was there at the same time. She was. Yeah, and uh, she was at Saybrook. Uh huh. And uh, we were big fans of Fast and Furious at that time. So I remember she came back from. She's like, you know, Mia Toretto's. Oh my god! At my school, so I was cool. like, no. I was like, no effing way. I was like 11, but I was like, that's no awesome. way, Bridget. Yeah. Oh my god. Just a little tangent, but Aww. yeah. So I came over to to LA, I auditioned, and then got the job, and then had to take off a summer, but then we went over, so then I took off another, I took off the fall semester. Mm. But wait, what was the original question? I totally forgot. Uh, your uh, rapport with Vin. Oh, my rapport yeah. with Vin. And then so, feeling so on nervous the on first set, one, or not knowing where you're at on set. Yeah, on the first one, I just felt like Vin was this he was coming off a big movie, so I was intimidated by him. Pitch like Black? S- Pitch Black and Saving Private Ryan. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Was the one you were talking about. Yes. And then <laughs> and then, uh, Paul was coming off th- this other Rob Cohen movie. But the everyone, Skulls. 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 They were, they were more Hollywood than I was. And then Michelle mm-hmm. coming off of Girl, Girl Fight. Girl Fight. That was a dope movie. So awesome. And mm-hmm. Michelle also, like I admire this. She has so much integrity. She is the least full of shit person in this town. Like mm. she'll quit. You she told us 
She doesn't care. You told me that she'll like, if an interviewer asks a question she doesn't like, like she'll just- She'll just leave. Right. She will just leave. And mm. she has, I think the ability to walk away from money, the ability to walk away from the business gives her that freedom. And from the very beginning, she read the script and she was like, no, I'm not playing her like this. And mm. so she had to create with Rob like a character. Because Letty was written as like the girlfriend and she was like, this is bullshit, especially mm. coming off of girl fights. So she made that into something more interesting and- and it was really fun to watch her be like dumb and like, you know, be the one that was yeah. uh, a badass in her own the right. Badass. Yeah. So but all that to say, I would go to set, um, do my job, work, and then I'd come home. This is so lame. I was staying at the Standard for the whole summer and I would order dinner and like watch Big Brother because I felt so lonely. Really? Like I, I wasn't having fun or like doing anything crazy. I was just like working really hard and then I was super lonely. Did you like miss school and stuff like that? Like miss all your friends and whatnot? I had no friends at school. It was when you're, Why not? When you're an actor and then working. I mean, I think it might be different now. Like, Oh, because you'd already done The Faculty too. This wasn't your first It, it wasn't the first movie. The Faculty was different because The Faculty, we were all in Austin, Texas. We were, um, we were sort of not stuck alone, but we were like, none of us had our driver's license. It wasn't Hollywood. We yeah. were all at the Doubletree Hotel. John Stewart would invite us up and be like, I'm going to, let me try some comedy bits on you guys. And mm. we would all, it was awesome. It was so I forgot he's fun. the teacher in it. He's yes. the teacher. It was such a great cast. And Elizabeth Avalon, Robert Rodriguez's ex, but his producing partner would make sure we all got together. That was such, it was like a camp-like experience. When you're in LA where Paul lived here, I think Vin lived here, it was just different. It, I just felt like sort of the outcast. Um, yeah. were, were you auditioning at Yale? Or how did that work? I would take, um, I would go to LA. So the reason I had no friends was because I would uh, go to the city on Thursdays. I would only spend like Monday to Thursday in New Haven studying mm -hmm. and, and taking classes. And then I'd go to the city and party. Not a great, New Haven, not great outside of the campus either. No. And plus there's like two bars. Right. I mean, it was great. There's but like not a good if pizza you, shop. Not if you grew up in New York and, mm -hmm. and you're like... Yeah, because yeah, you were like a, fun. you and Bella were like club kids in New York, right? Well, not club kids makes me think of that movie. I wanted to like, exaggerate it a little <laughs> No, Bella and I were like, we'd go to, yes, we'd go to like build bouquet and dance on tables and drink wine. And we were definitely When you were like precocious. teenagers. Yeah, yeah. That's we so fun. But you're either doing it in a metropolitan setting, taking cabs. And I was like drinking Zimas on stoops and then going to a club. It was really fun. Um, or you're doing it at house parties. So I was doing it at the club. But it's advanced. I mean, it's like you said, precocious. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I. But yeah, Toads in New Haven wasn't going to, that wasn't really my thing. Wasn't gonna I was going to match. Like, mm. And it sucked for me because I had seen all these pictures of my dad as a hippie at Yale in the 70s and everyone looked so old. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's so mm -hmm. sophisticated. It's going to be so cool. And then I got there and I was like, oh, wow. Wow, we're just kids. And I was a year older because I had deferred. So it, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, there wasn't gonna be much socializing. When, when the first fat, or when Except you Except for my best friend, not my best friend, but my good friend, Deborah Friedel, who now works for the London Review of Books. And I still talk to her all oh, no, the time. Oh, no, that's cool. Give it up for I Deb. Her. Yeah. I love her. She's so awesome. Uh, when you were shooting the first fast, did you have an idea of how big it was going to be? No, I remember it was called Redline. Mm -hmm. I remember it being based on an article. Um, 
I really had no clue. And then I remember the producer telling me they changed the title to Fast and Furious. And I was like, that kind of sounds like a porn. Like, what? <laughs> like that's the worst title. Are you A lot serious? of good movies have good porn titles, though. Like, tell me another one. Uh, the Hurt Locker. Oh, <laughs> nice. No, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I just I just thought it sounded... I don't know. I didn't like it. I had no idea how um, big it would be. And then I remember... I think the first weekend was like $48 million and that was unheard of and right. just insane. Did you go on the TRL route? Yes. What was that like? That I, was, I was I was a huge TRL kid. Too. I love TRL Carson too. Carson yeah. but as yeah. cool as it got. Remember? He was very cool. And remember spring break? We had to go to oh, Mexico those were amazing. spring break. I know. Never like, saw what? any body hair. There was never any body hair no, on spring the, break. Like the foam pit, everyone dancing. A lot of Weird. sex too. They, a girl would be like, my fantasy is to be wrapped in a burrito with a guy. And I remember being in fifth grade, I was like, is that hot? And then they like put him in a burrito and the camera cut to them. They were making oh, out like covered in sour cream. And I was yeah. like, this is amazing. Yeah. I was like, I got to get oh, out there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we went to spring break. It was, yeah, it was really awesome. It was really, really fun. Oh, wait, we had an idea where we wanted to bring it I, I, we got a call from mtv like early on we're like we should bring back spring break i don't know how far we got into it it was a good idea mm -hmm. i like the idea still i, uh, I bring yeah. It back. I'm, yeah i'm willing to shave my chest whatever they need <laughs> yeah. but oh yeah it was it was it really was like a seminal thing for i think people of of that like, age group yeah, yeah. that age group where you're like this is where i want to go it was like this like uh, totally paradise and you're like oh man one day if i could just get there and you know i could see corn perform live and then in sync. <laughs> and, i think we had did we have nelly or oh it doesn't get much better than that oh my god or maybe it was ja rule because she did the he did the first one with ashanti remember that song i'm real mesmerized every little thing that i do yeah <laughs> me and you yeah is that and mesmerized is that mesmer those are <laughs> yeah. when you call me baby yeah that song what's, slept what's the facet <laughs> The what's first it? line in it? On two, one, one. Fast, two, one. The Fast and the Furious one is like, Fast and the Furious. or something. I think Ludacris kind of really took the mantle when he did Move Bitch for the second Oh, movie. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that yeah, for yeah, Too yeah, Fast? Yeah, yeah. I think that was for Too Fast. Oh. Yeah. It, or at least came out around the same time. Yeah, what was Ja Rule like? really... Ja, so it's, Has he ever it's, messaged you and he's like, you guys replaced me with Tyrese? And then, like, oh, God. Can you imagine? That would be really awkward. Well, he missed out on like a lot. You know who I, I thought feel it was great too. The most, that's grammatically incorrect. You know who I feel the worst for is uh, Jesse from Fast and Furious One. Right, that they got Chad killed Lindbergh. off. I'm like, yeah. dude, I recently started following him on Instagram because I'm just like, what? The, like, the, oh, that sucks. What happened? Well, he's just not part of the other eight movies. movies. Right, like that sucks. He was great too. He was yeah. great. Yeah, it was, was really, really good. The whole cast was so good. Yeah, Matt Schulz was also great, but then he died in five. Do you know what he called me? What? So he, so we were shooting in Atlanta for five. We shot most of it in Atlanta, a lot in Puerto Rico, a little bit in Brazil. And I, 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 I'm just, I'm still like this where if I'm shooting somewhere and I, it, like I constantly check flights because I always want to get home as soon as we wrap for the weekend or for a three day weekend. And so the flights to Atlanta were such that I think the last one's at eight o'clock. So then I'm on a flight with Matt. Um, and he's like, oh, let's sit next to each other. And I'm like, no, buddy, I don't want to talk. Like, I don't want, I'd rather sit next to a stranger. Trying to like, chill. You're so weird. You're like the female Larry David. 
Oh, <laughs> really? Like, Dude. That's high praise. Yeah. I mean, it is now, but at the time I was like, just because I want to relax and not like talk. And he was like, I just don't want to get recognized. And I was like, neither of us are going to get recognized. Like, just <laughs> relax. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. Do you keep in touch with him at all? I don't. I haven't seen him for a, for a minute. Yeah. I was, I was going to it's interesting to me that you were in Annapolis with uh, James Franco and Tyrese. Mm-hmm. And then. And uh, Justin. And that's what I was going to ask is that Justin Lin was the director before he did any of the fast movies. So were you, you were the only fast actor who had worked with Justin. like, did you? Well, Tyrese was in two. Oh, that's true. Right. Right. But Justin was like, I mean, I, I love him so much. He's so, that, that dude has so much integrity. If you watch his movies and if you watch nine, you'll see. I'm completely blanking on his name, but a really good actor from Annapolis is in nine. Like he's constantly recycling the people he's worked with. He's a real, really loyal guy. That's awesome. Um, It is. But so Justin was entertaining the idea of Tokyo Drift while on set. And he was Mm. like, listen, they're talking to me about this. And I was like, you have to fucking do it. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So you really kind of gave him the you gave him the nudge. You were like, you got to do this. I gave him the push. And, and then so when you guys were all together on four, well, was it just like, oh my god, I can't believe we're this kind of. It was four. I was still sort of like, I still felt like the awkward, odd man out because when you're when you're doing a movie or a television show, it's much easier to like shoot every day and to be there every day than it is to like come in once a week. That or, makes like, a lot of once sense. Once a month, so. On four, I was there for like two weeks or so. And, you know, I shot a bunch of scenes and it was awesome. But it wasn't like I was there for the entirety of the film. You weren't so embedded in like I wasn't embedded in, in, the, yeah. in the crew. Same thing with six. With six, I got boned because I was shooting Dallas. And then uh, in five, I mean, how long is it? Because I rewatched five recently. The, like the the train stunt that you guys did. How long does it take to shoot a scene like that? The train stunt was... Oh, Paul. So the the so there are a couple of aspects like the the train where it's like the really cool opening scene where they're opening the right the door and then we're revealed. That was all shot in the back of a soundstage in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and then the interior was shot in the soundstage in Atlanta. I remember one day Paul was just like, "I'm really hurting. I've got like one hour of sleep," and I was like, "We'll get through this." Like the scene yeah. where the scene where we're talking about going to. Goa or um, that really sweet scene. Um, I think that was because, again, I was the good, boring girl and Chris Bridges, Ludacris, took everyone to a concert mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'm just going to stay home and get my beauty rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else was hurting the next day and I wish I had gone because like, that'd be a better memory. Speaking of the, the soundstage acting, mm-hmm. I, I think about this all the time. I, I was like really stoned one time when I was watching <laughs> Wrath of the Titans yes. with uh, Liam Neeson and Sam Worthington. And um, Liam Neeson had to pretend that he had like uh, God powers and that he was shooting lightning bolts, but it was just a close up of him. And so he's like doing like this weird, like kind of twitching and hand movement. And I was like, I think that's harder acting yeah. than being like Sean Penn in Mystic River and having to pretend that your daughter was murdered because I could as like not even really an actor place myself more easily in the Sean Penn part and like kind of know what to do than to pretend I have like power. So when you're like in your acting experiences doing stuff like that, where you're like pretending you're on a moving train, is that harder than doing like emotional scenes? Yes. Because oftentimes 
like there's a whole sequence in Fast Nine, and we can you guys have to tell me what you think when you see it. It's so elaborate. I'm like rescuing someone, and it gets it involves John Cena, and there's like a like I can show you pictures of what actually what it actually looked like, and it's pretty tame. Like we're 360 degrees, or it's like green screen. I'm on a tank, nothing's really moving, but um, Justin's piecing it all together, knowing exactly what he wants. And then when you see it come to life, it's this dynamic, massive action sequence. Mm -hmm. But they've shot a lot of it, you know, um, piecemeal, piecemeal. And so, and that that is really difficult. It's also really difficult where sometimes because of weather or because of just different elements, like you don't have certain actors. So there was one, there was one day, like the most beautiful scene in the movie is always the barbecue at the end where we're all coming together. Mm -hmm. So I come, I come over to, I think it's Santos or Romero. Um, But it was really Justin's driver. I was like, Justin, what the fuck? Like, and he's like, you signed up for this. And I was like, (laughs) Dude, because I'm supposed to be like speaking Portuguese and super warm and like giving this guy a big hug. And I'm like, you're talking but about I know it's Johnny from, No, it's Johnny from Transpo. It's worse. It's right. like, <laughs> like I've seen him all the time. Right. And like, it, dude, you're Justin's driver. But um, that's the kind of stuff you have to roll with. And, you know, and you, that's, there's no you acting have, training for that have, either. Like, no, you just have yeah. to make it work. But I did remember something today that my acting teacher nancy Banks said which i really love and hold on to like i was getting kind of bitchy in my head about oh my god there's so many interviews and i'm really tired and you did do 45 five minute interviews today i did yeah i did 45 four minute but two of them were 10 minutes hmm. but there were a lot right but so nancy said she i take this class where it's once a week i mean i don't know when we're going to go back because of covid but it's the small theater it's awesome because you see people perform and they're so good so much better than me so much better than a lot of working actors i know and and also i watch them perform and i'm like that's perfect how's nancy gonna tweak that and she does and then i'm like whoa because for me like in my 20s anytime a director would approach me i'd be like oh god, oh god. like i think that i was getting a note that would mean something reflect poorly on me but really it's just a tweak that's going to help you mm-hmm, but right. seeing that firsthand with nancy has been really really helpful but um, this one thing she says in class is, like, once you get the job and you're on set, that's the, the dream. Like, that's mm-hmm. smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. This is the work. Auditioning is the work. Like, right. the torture you go through to get to that is the work. Right. And I had to remember that when I was like, oh, so many, so many interviews. Um, I was like, no, that's nothing. What, uh, what age did you start acting? I started at 15. 15. What motivated you? I, so I have this, I had the same confidence my son has. My son is seven. His and Strider's is his babysitter. Strider's his Manny. Sorry. <laughs> Strider's his Manny and his buddy. Also kind of his, I would say his. Um, guru? Guru, confidant slash. Couldn't be a better guy in that spot. Oh my God. Because he's like. He explains things so well. He's ethical. He's like a really great leader for my for for Gigi. Um, and anyway, I see Julian like sometimes like checking himself out in the mirror, and he's flexing, and like he just 
Or like, I'm like, Julian, let's get a haircut. And he's like, no, 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 no. The ladies love my curls. And I'm just like, dude, like you. And I remember I had the same level of confidence when I was a little girl. And I thought, oh, it's like me and Claudia Schiffer. Like I was delusional. So I think it was a, a delusional sense of self-confidence that I had coupled with a desire to perform, which I started to in um, grade school. This is horrible. I was cast as Jesus in Godspell, hmm. um, and I thought I was the shit. And then I got, I won the award for like acting. And then my dad was like, "Yeah, that's because I donated to the school that year." And I was like, <laughs> "Why'd your dad tell you that? Why did he tell were me you that? Were you too high on your own supply? Were you, were you no. treating people the poorly way, as a result of your told, success?" He told me like three years ago, and I was like, "That changed the trajectory of oh, my life." Oh, he waited that long. He to waited tell that long. Oh. Wow. And I was like, "Whoa, dad!" Like, well, that at this is point, it's heavy. it's worked out, so the deception yeah, yeah. was worth it. Totally. Yeah. And did you do you think that desire to perform came from being an introvert? I think it did. I think it, I've, I've listened to lots of interviews. Um, there are lots of army brats that became actors that, like Vigo Mortensen's a really interesting one. Have you, have you ever like listened to anything, any podcasts he's done? No, no. I've, I've heard about that. He lives in like Idaho. He lives right? in Idaho, but he grew up in, in, um, Spain, I think. Oh, and then okay. he moved around again. So I think there's this sense of, of, if you're a chameleon and nomadic then you, childhood you're always having to reinvent yourself you, everywhere you go but i didn't reinvent myself i just always i felt like the odd person out but you do end up observing people and observing what you need to do if you were to actually that's you didn't change true. who you were but you knew how to fit in wherever. i knew how to fit in or i tried to fit in like i went from wearing what i would wear in brazil to like then oh okay uh doc martens are cool and ll bean backpacks are cool and wearing this kind of jewelry is cool so i'm gonna do that for a little while at the all-girls school that i went to how was that see it's another thing where bella did really really well she like excelled and played volleyball and was like the head of her class and i just was picked on and i had a really hard time mm. i did not like it i was really happy to get out of there i mean i remember going through a period where i would i mean i I would pretend, I don't know if I was actually sick, but I would say I had a stomach ache and I just stayed home and watched. Remember, like, back in the day, it was I Love Lucy reruns and um, I, I would just that. watch that and eat macaroni and cheese all day. And I, and this was just to avoid the girls at my school. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think, I was because I'm an introvert too, so I've always felt like, like we do like stand-up and stuff or it's sort of i've always felt like you know because I, I would always be kind of shy in school but then if there's like a stage or like with stand-up there's a mic here it's like that's my opportunity to like be myself that's mm -hmm. sort of i think how i always felt about it yeah do you did you have do you think you had that same kind of like i think it might have been drive? that i think i think because i didn't like sports because i didn't like i wasn't good at anything else i think it was a means of self-expression and 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 the feedback loop is so fast with yeah. acting it's like there's connection with someone like once I, I got on a soap opera and i in in new york the so not to say that not to disparage soap operas on the west coast but like the guy that played my dad graduated from juilliard like he was awesome mm -hmm. and to be able to just play and act with someone yeah daily and have all these lines of dialogue that you need to memorize it was just so engaging for me yeah um it was it was just i i needed that constantly yeah it's almost like you're able to like the way i, the way I think about acting and stuff or like stand up it's like you're able to tap into this like 
uh, energy source. Totally. That like, you know, it's like you, you, you have like material or lines and it's like you get to like be this person. And it's such a, um, yeah, how you, how you describe it? Just sort of like a. Tapping into an energy source is a really good way of describing it. Yeah, because it's, yeah. like, it's like you sort of hold it in, you know, because I, I had older siblings that were very kind of like, you know, super confident and loud and, and I, I, I could never speak at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. I could just never get a word out. So it's like I had all this energy within and then you get a microphone and you're like, all right, now I get to let it out. Totally. Um, I think people would say the same thing about music because like with, yeah. with Mason, I noticed he'll be, he'll get like, not to speak for you, my love, but like you, you, it's like you need that outlet. And then once you get into that groove, it's like super gratifying. I think everyone needs that. Yeah. Whether it be writing, music, acting. Um, but, and I think where you get screwed up is because my acting has gotten, my auditions have gotten better. My, in the last year, like post separation, post COVID, post all of that, because I feel like I stopped trying to interrupt the process and mm. just let it flow. Right. I think that's really important. Yeah. I, I think so much of it is, it's just like getting out of your own way. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you do all this, all this, uh, you know, training and stuff in order to find that like stillness in order to, to really perform. It's like you do all this work to get to a place where you, the thoughts kind of totally subside, I think. When you're performing though, do you, does the audience, they freak you out? Cause like that would scare me. At, at, uh, at like up. a show? Yeah. Only if it's people I know. If it's people I oh, know, I if it's people I don't know, actually I really enjoy bombing. What's with, bombing? Where I like no one laughs. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what is this bombing? Yeah. No, yeah. bombing sounded like like you just okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just because it's um, it, it is. I do. He's really good at it. If it's people, I, <laughs> not, I, not that it, he does it a lot, but when a joke goes bad, a lot of people shrink, and he actually comes alive a little bit more, oh, which is wow. rare. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's like it, a lot of times, just with uh, my style, it would be like. It would just go over people's heads, so it'd just right. be kind of fun to sort of they'd be staring at you, and you're just kind of oh, you, you feel like you're messing with them a little bit. Do you feel like you've been muzzled? You guys have been muzzled now with like having to be like even with the the dog joke you do, right? right? Like, do you feel? I feel like if I were to say that, people would be like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean? Like that's cruel." Yeah, like that must be really hard now to navigate that. I enjoy it. I think it's like a, it's like an entrapment when Catherine Zeta Jones is going to get that diamond and yeah. she's got to slither through the oh, lasers. Funny. Yeah. yeah, I think Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> described it that way. I'm like, okay, well, there's more lasers now, and I'm like, all right, well, just got to slip through a couple more, and then right. higher degree of difficulty. So, no, I, I don't. I mean, that's like to me, if you like, I understand why people complain about it, but if you're complaining about that, it's like screaming at like the wind or something like yeah, that. Like it's, it's a good way of looking. It's at kind it. of bigger than you, so you just have to figure out a way to. I don't know. I think you can still be edgy. You just have to right. be smart about it. Yeah. Totally. And take risks, but I don't, you don't have to, I don't think it's as, it's bad. Like, you know, like uh, I talked about it, like Ali Kemper getting in trouble for doing like a beauty pageant in the South. Like, oh, I know. like stuff like that is like, it's like, I think like years and years ago. Yeah. It's too much. But overall I'm like, as a comedian, I'm like, no, I think I can figure this out. It's also yeah. fun seeing art comment on this phenomenon. Like there's this show with Gene Smart on HBO. Have you guys seen it? It's, um, it's called Hack, I think. Or Hacks. I haven't watched it, but a friend of ours, we're not super tight, but Hannah Einbender's on it. Oh, right, right. She right. plays. Is she the comedian? She, she's the, yeah, she's the other. She's elite. the writer. Mm-hmm. She's really, really good. She's always like the moment I saw it, I was like, yeah, she's super talented. She's yeah. super good. Yeah, and she's and yeah. that's the whole thing with her character is that she gets canceled because of like one relatively benign joke that she makes and then mm-hmm. she's done. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And she has to go work for fucking Jean Smart, who's who sucks. Although there is a lesson in it, in that Jean Smart works her butt off, and this I love this show. I'm on like the I binged on three episodes last night. Nice. Um, Chad, do you have more before we get into cues? Uh, yeah, uh, a few questions. Um, let's see. These are more for Mia, if you don't mind. Could yeah, you answer these questions it. as Mia? I'm going to answer them as Mia. Thank okay. you for doing this, by the way. Yeah, we're, thank we're you so much. Fast and Furious Theater now. Yeah, Mason, if you want to give a what up into the mic, you can at some point. What up, guys? <laughs> that was huge. Mason's. You want to say we, hi to Harry? What up, Harry, Will, and Nick? Nice. <laughs> yeah, Mason's. Uh, we've, known, we've known you for three years now, I think. Well, I mean, remember when I had to do the, I got a uh, meet and greet for Harry. You said <laughs> you, you, we did a lunch and it was, it was, uh, it was people said it was for, they said it was for Mason's son. And then when we yeah. got there, we're like, I think Mason's more into it. <laughs> <laughs> Your son was more into like the chicks at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, okay. Yeah. Don't you love how Mason doesn't need a mic because his voice is so deep. Oh, He's yeah. got a nice baritone. He does. Yeah. 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 It's very sexy. Okay. Uh, first cue. How did you feel when you first heard that Hector was going to be running three Honda Civics with spoon engines and a Motec system exhaust? I said, damn, my brother better get on his game. Yeah, that's a good response. Okay, next cue. Were Dom and Johnny Tran ever boys? No, Johnny Tran has always been a punk. All right, last cue. A vain-ass punk. yeah. He is vain. He's a good vain. one. That is yeah. a, I, I've never thought of him that way, but I guess it comes with those looks, though, with that, that jaw that cuts glass. That and Lance with the snakeskin pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, last cue. Why was your tuna so bad at the grocery store? Did you go generic instead of bumblebee? I think maybe I left too much water in the tuna, which always dilutes the mayo, and therefore it kind of sucked and made the white bread soggy. Did Dom ever consider hiring someone with more culinary experience? No. Because it's a family. It's a family. It's all about family. Always. Love that. That's awesome. Thank Uh, you for answering those. Those were great. Um, All right. Do you want to answer some listeners' questions? Yeah. All right. Sweet. Will you send a picture to Bella? (laughs) She'll be like, guys, what's going on? Um, let me get the pizza. Guys, I'm interrupting this podcast. Let you know once again that we are brought to you by Helix Beer Bongs, the best in the biz for froth technology. We have this super cool um, funnel and hose that's really going to deliver the froth into your gullet, and it's going to just, you know, stoke is just going to rise from within after you chug from this beer bong. Helix is the best in the biz. They got revolutionary funnel technology. It's legit. Go to shopcgd.com to get your Helix beer bong today. That's shopcgd.com. We are also brought to you by the legends at Manscaped. Manscaped, thank you so much for keeping our trims puked, for looking after our hogs, for making sure that our dongs are looking fresh and clean. Because it's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weird weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. 
The new performance package 4.0 includes the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane. Dare I say the goat of ball trimmers? <laughs> yeah, I said it. Guys, it's got amazing LED lights, uh, different speeds, different lengths, a 4,000 4, K LED spotlight so you can see your nuts in high def. What more could you ask for? Also, it's waterproof. That is what I could have asked for and Manscaped delivered. Thank you. That's a, they have the weed whacker for your nose hairs and ear and all that, you know, crap. So get in there, trim your pubes, trim your nose. Um, use the crop preserver ball deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. It's all legit, guys. And Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package of 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GODEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GODEEP20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. <laughs> Surgeon wife knows nothing. Hi, Chad, JT, Aaron, and any guests. I have an amazing wife who I met while we were both in medical school. She is an ophthalmologist, and while she's super smart, witty, funny, and all around amazing, she lacks a fund of knowledge in just about every category that comes up in casual conversation sports, history, politics, etc. She couldn't tell you who Joe Rogan, Mike Trout, or Mitch McConnell are, for example. It can sometimes lead to awkward social situations where people are bewildered that a highly educated person like her who went to great schools and has a great career can be so clueless in common knowledge areas. Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Should I encourage her to broaden her, her horizons or let her be? Um, well, first of all, I don't think Joe Rogan and Mike Trout aren't like, <laughs> I don't know who Mike Trout is. I don't know who Mike, Mike Trout, Trout is He's either. like the best baseball player in the world, but oh. he plays for the angels and a big part of his reputation is not that many people know who he is. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's actually more specific that you know who Mike Trout is, that your wife doesn't know who Mike Trout is <laughs> yeah. and speaks more to the, the circles that you're in and you kind of thinking that your circles are normal when hers are probably pretty normal too. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be hard on you, dog. What do you think? I think, it, it, I mean, the way he described her in the beginning of the question says it all, right? Like, it feels like she seems pretty stellar. If she doesn't know certain things, like, She's a whatever. fucking doctor. Yeah, let it go. I think she can know. If she's let a doctor, if also, she doesn't know someone, she can always just be like, I'm a doctor. Don't bring it up. And also, yeah. don't care what other people think about your girl. Care what you think about your girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that she has her own interests too i mean uh, you know she likes what she likes you can't force her to like joe rogan you know as much as one may try okay um yeah i think maybe it bothers him more yeah, yeah. and i would just you know but you know what it seems like the kind of thing that bothers him because someone said something to him and then once they said that it was like a bee in his bonnet you know when that happens yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't let other people corrupt what you love. Correct? I, yes. Yeah. Put that on a shirt. Let's, can't, you can't do that. I, I can't imagine saying to one of my friends, be like, your girl doesn't know who Joe Rogan is. Yeah. I'd feel pretty dumb. <laughs> and I love Joe Rogan. I'm like Joe Rogan's biggest fan. Yeah. But I've, I've, why would you care? I've never had a girlfriend who liked Joe Rogan. And in fact, no. I was sort of suspicious of the one who did. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, are you doing this so guys will like you? Which was a little yeah. unfair of me. And then one time I tried to show one of my girlfriends. A Joe Rogan video that I was like, she'll love this. It was him on happiness. And after five minutes, she just goes, is he stoned? And <laughs> she couldn't get past it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So this is this guy, man, the Dan. So an episode ago, well, it'll be, yeah, an episode ago, 
uh, me, Strider, and Chad had one of our most contentious conversations about this guy, Man the Dan, who was trying to uh, woo this woman. And rather than just asking her out directly, he was going to offer her free marketing advice because they're both in that uh, world. And uh, he also had a lot of jokes in his email about how she was a dime of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. They were kind of weird jokes. They didn't quite hit. Um, and then he said he wanted to marry her too. So it was pretty intense. Yeah. And Chad and Strider were like not feeling it. And I was kind of supportive of oh, it. And so here's the uh, follow-up from Man the Nan. Chad, JT Strider, you were right. It turns out giving free marketing advice as a way to get a girl's heart doesn't work and is also kind of creepy. I guess the problem is that directly asking girls out to go on a date has only ever worked once in my life, over socials or in person. I honestly just like to be creative and try new things out. My problem is that sometimes my creativity gets a little too weird for a lot of people. Also, I wasn't using this just as a way to hook up, as Strider previously pointed out. I'm one of those weird dudes that's more into getting into a long-term relation, starting a family. Sex is fun and all, but it only lasts 18 seconds, but love lasts forever. <laughs> I knew he was a good guy. So I have a new pickup line, Strat, that goes something like this. Excuse me, I couldn't help but notice that you have some fresh kicks. I'm currently looking to buy some new shoes, but I'm really bad at picking out new shoes. Would you like to go shoe shopping with me? Is this a good move that could lead to a fun date? Or does this sound like I have a shoe fetish problem? P.S. Sorry for previously coming off as a robotic serial killer. Your boy's a little awkward. Stay toasty, my dudes. Yeah, Strider called him a serial killer. <laughs> that, that sex joke was pretty endearing. They made you think so? As long as it's a joke. <laughs> right. That made me a little, that made me more pro man man the Dan. Are you coming around on Man the Dan? Not his plans. But you but now but you, Man the Dan. You like him as a man. You know what's I do like Man the Dan. I knew he was a good guy. He is a good guy. His plan But you guys did not think he was a good guy. I did, I I never commented on uh, as far as I remember. You might not have, but I think you and Strider were both like I just thought the plan was whack. How do you feel about it? Um, I like the shoe line. I think try it out, man. I think you're on the right track. You're getting better stop. with each email. <laughs> He's getting better with each email. It's his journey. We got to let him go on his journey. He's figuring it out. I believe in you, man. But I feel like shoe shopping is an investment. I feel like more like, hey, like you seem like you have really good style. Could I just ask you for like, I've got a couple of options here on my phone. Could you help me with this? Mm. And like engage that way. Right. Like that. Versus like, let's go shoe It's shopping. a big ask. Yeah. It's, it's a huge ask. Right. And then she has to see your feet. No, she yes, doesn't want to see your feet on day one. Too, too early. Even though I'm not wearing shoes right now. Um, but you know that's probably why I relate to Man the Dan. I get it. Stay weird, brother. But you know, hone your weirdness. Make it palatable. Yeah, I like what you're saying though. Is is uh, lower the investment? Totally. Like, yeah. Lower the ask. Maybe, you know, that's that's a good call. I think. Uh, but I, I, I like where Man the Dan's coming from. Keep emailing well, us. I, I, yeah. I engage with him a little bit. On oh, Instagram. you were talking to him. A brief. I mean, I just reposted a story, and he—he's a good guy. I like Dan. I like Dan the man, man the Dan. I keep messing you know, up. Dan you always the man forget exists. his name. Dan the man exists. Dan the man is like a gym that my kids used to go to. Oh, really? Bella's super. Ask Bella about Dan the man. Okay, I will. Dude, Bella's been like a really good friend of me. No, yeah. I know. She's we talk me a really lot on the advice, phone. Yeah, she's right? giving me a lot of advice. She's helped me through stuff. Yeah. She needs to come We're tight. On. Yeah, we're gonna have her on for sure. She, yeah, she gives me. She gave me dating advice. I still have to surf with her. I haven't done. Mm -hmm. You really do have to surf with her. Is she upset? You know, wait. It's her birthday on June eighteenth. Oh, is it really? Yeah. All right. Is that the day that Nick Cage gets out of jail in Con Air? <laughs> it might be. No, Strider would know. Um. Yes, sir. All right. 
Next question. What up, Stoke Gods? I come to you in a time of need. Here's the story. I've been dating my Gia for three and a half years now. She's amazing and I love her more than anyone. Recently, she's begun hanging out often with one of her old friends. The kicker is my girlfriend's old friend is also friends with my ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Oh, is also friends with my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend who treated her like shit. He's super childish and is always saying things to her like, what do you rate me? Like on a scale of one to t- 10, in case you aren't a fifth grader and this isn't part of your vernacular and bringing up sex. I've never met him and all of this has been going on when I'm not there. He will FaceTime my girlfriend's friend when he knows my girlfriend is with her to do this shit. My girlfriend even asked if he'd speak to me in a public setting and he said no. My question is, what do I do about it? I trained kickboxing and BJJ and I know I can beat his ass. So that is an option. I wouldn't go through with that option, but it's nice to know you have that option because it would suck more if you didn't. Should I? Should I? No, don't don't kick his ass. I don't want to do it unprompted and seem like an asshole if we were around each other. I'm not insecure about his and my girlfriend's relationship because I know where we stand, but he's blatantly disrespecting me, me and my GF by continuing to ask her questions he knows make her uncomfortable. Should I let the disrespect slide and let this jabroni live or should I hit him with a clean takedown in front of all of his friends to let him know who's boss? I look forward to hearing your sage advice. I kind of got lost. So his girlfriend has a good friend who hangs out a lot with his girlfriend's ex. And his the, girlfriend has a friend? Who hangs out a lot with her old ex. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like... Oh, right, right. So, so his girlfriend's like, friend is hanging out with her ex. It'd be like if you were hanging out with like my ex a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then my girlfriend at the time wasn't liking it because right. then I was seeing the ex a lot. Right, because of okay, you. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then so the guys like will be like, hey, rate me on a scale of one to ten. I'm like flirt with her. Okay. And so this dude wants to beat that dude's ass. Right. And he's trained. That's a tough one. It's two questions. Yes. Why isn't he engaged to this chick? Like, why hasn't he proposed to her? Three years. Oh. Long time, right? What so you 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 would need a commitment before that before that time arrives? I think that's a long time to date. I think that's a really long time to date. And and then I would advise him to get in a situation where he does talk to this guy in a stern way. Not I don't, I'm not suggesting he beat his ass, but I think that's really sexy to a woman when a man like fucks the guy her. up. No, defends her. No, I like no, your honesty. I think that's, I think that's, <laughs> this is good. I think that's really good. For the record. No, remember when that guy was was stepping up to me and Rowan and you like got between us? Also, whenever Mason and I nice, are, are walking, like he gets he's always he, he does the most gentlemanly thing. He puts himself like by the street. Like he He's always, he's very gentlemanly and chivalrous. I, I really appreciate your candor, but I don't know if we can tell this dude to go <laughs> kick someone else's ass. No, yeah. I'm not telling him to, he cannot. That's what you said. No, he should not kick someone's ass. He should, he should look threatening in the same room as this guy. And he should be mm. like, wait, I'm sorry, what, what were you saying to my girlfriend? So just check again? him a little bit. Yeah, like what were you saying? Right. That's, that's what I thought. Right. There's nothing sexier to, to me. Okay. Mm. And I think. His girlfriend might, given that his girlfriend is telling him these stories, like she's not telling him the, the stories for nothing. We're not that arbitrary. Does he need to check with his girlfriend first if that's something she would be into? Because what if she doesn't like that stuff? Well, I think he should say, hey, I, I'm not comfortable with what this guy's doing. Would you be okay if I... Right, but run it by her first, right? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> I think that works great. Wait, Mason. So you stood up to a guy? Yeah, you stepped to some dude. Homeless guy. It wasn't. It wasn't a competition scenario. Right. Just a you know sad situation. Oh, okay. The guy was not respecting personal space of her or some kid. 
I think we should take some creative license and say that it was uh, Bob Sapp, former K1 kickboxer. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice, dude. Um, all right, should we get into the next part? Because we got we got to go. Uh, Chad, who is your beef of the week? Um, my beef of the week is with, and we talked about this earlier today. L.A. Confidential. Love the movie. Very good movie. Great movie. But I just don't know what's going on. And I felt dumb watching it. I was like, I don't understand what's really going on here. And then I, I talked to JT about it. I was like, and I, I didn't even say it because I was so, I was kind of embarrassed. I didn't want to like say like, you know, I, yeah, I didn't really know what's going on. So I was talking to JT and he's like, and JT, you're like, it's hard to follow the plot. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> what's going on with that? Because no, I've seen it 50 I, times. I couldn't explain the plot from yeah, back to front. Yeah. I do love the movie. I, you know, Russell Crowe, badass, but I, uh, <laughs> I was just, that was my beef. It made me just feel dumb. And that's my beef with it. Not the movie itself, but yeah. just the the feeling it gave me. Yeah. Um, Who's your beef of the week? Can I stew on this? Yeah, and, and totally. come back to me because yeah. Uh, my beef. On that, on that beef, can I interject? You mind? Yeah. yeah. Wait, let's get you on mic though, if you're gonna. Yeah, because we it'll, it'll sound bad. That that movie's an homage to uh, film noir. Right. And film noir's thing was the plots made no sense. And there's a famous oh. story that Raymond Chandler, who wrote The Big Sleep, I think, making it. And Bogart or whoever was in it and the director. Philip Marlowe, the like, character. Do not yeah. understand this fucking plot. So they call Raymond Chandler up and he's like offended at first. And he's like, What do you mean you don't understand? Like this doesn't make you mean it doesn't make any sense. Hangs up the phone, calls him back an hour later, and he's like, Yeah, I I, I don't actually understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And it's about the uh ambiance and the constant oh. and the plot's actually don't. Matter. matter it's the tone yeah dude thank you for that dude that was awesome yeah that'll it work awesome um my beef of the week is with paul's mom uh freshman year carpool five of us would used to ride to school <laughs> together and each family had a different uh each family took care of one of the days so i think my family's day was wednesday and it was always my uh, housekeeper who drove my parents never made it out but uh on thursdays paul's mom would drive and she drove a volvo station wagon so there was the front seat, the three middle seats, and there wasn't a total back row. There was a seat in the trunk that was really small that faced out, mm. that no. faced out the window. And everyone would have to put their bags in the back too. So it was really <laughs> cramped because there's five backpacks back there. Paul's mom made me ride in the trunk every week. You didn't love that seat? I hated it. I was that was crunched. my favorite seat. I was crunched. I looked ridiculous. Everybody <laughs> driving to school at the same time was looking at me. I used to write on slips of paper, save me, and put them up against the window. It got to, it wasn't, I didn't even hate the seat. It was the fact that she made me, she made me sit in it. Right, right. And every week she'd go, all right, JT, get in the back. The other kids started to feel bad for me. And they'd be like, hey, I'll take the back seat. And she'd go, Nah, JT's cool. He'll do it. Yeah. And my mom started to get mad and she's like, I'm going to fucking say something to her. And I was like, mom, don't say anything. It's fine. Yeah. And I just had to soldier through it until I became friends with an older kid, Trent Downs, and started getting rides from him and his six uh, Explorer. 
But yeah, Paul's mom, who I really like. And we ran into each other at my friend Clinton's uh, engagement party years later. No bad blood, but I'm tapping back into that anger now. And freshman year, I had other beefs like Puzio, but Paul's <laughs> mom was definitely in the top 10 beefs. Right. Did I... Uh, that. The Volvo, the backseat Volvo? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. That was my favorite seat. Dude, it might be cool, but when you're like in prison there, like right, when someone's right. like, hey, you, you can't, can't leave. Move, you're stuck in backpacks yeah. and stuff. They're like, that's that's your seat. And I was like, well, can't we mix it up like once a month? And she was like, no, you sit back there. Was I was she, small. Was she punishing Aww. you for being a ne'er-do-well? She was punishing me for being annoying. Yeah. But honestly, there was another kid in carpool who was very annoying. And he might be a beef another time, but I don't want to, I don't want to spread the beef thin right now. I'll save your beef for another time. And honestly, you know, no bad blood there. He sent me a nice message one time saying it's nice that conservatives have a comedian they can look to. <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me un, unsolicited, he goes, and maybe give the stand up a rest and just focus more on the other stuff. Really? I haven't what? talked to him in years. And what? I was like, when was this? This was like right after we did like the, uh, like the woman's March thing or something like that. Oh, okay. and, and first popped on Fox. And I was like, I get where he was coming from, but unsolicited. I was like, you fucking nozzle. You got a beef. Oh my God. And then you got to do a babe of the week and then a legend of the week after this. And then a quote of the week and then a phrase of the week. I'm sorry. My, well, Just a lot of homework. My beef yeah. of the week is that we have these little disgusting little critters in our front yard. And no matter what, I can't, I can't get rid of them. That's not a good beef. I don't like that beef. My love, we need a better beef. Yeah, that, one needs to get edited. that one's edited. I would say my beef of the week of the week is my sister constantly does this to me. I'm like, Bella, next Monday, you're yeah. coming in for the for the thing. And she's like, yeah, 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 a thousand percent. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, this morning I call her and she, I'm like, are you ready? And she's like, for what? And I'm like, Bella, I told you for the podcast. Like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, yeah, my throat's really raspy. And I was like, from partying at Walt Disney all weekend with your kids? Like, what are you talking about? Did it sound like an authentic raspy voice or did it sound put upon? It sounded. Or put on rather. To be fair, like she gave me warning the night before and I was like, uh oh, like I can feel this coming. Um, it sounded slightly put upon. Like I bet if we FaceTimed her, like she'd be fine. Mm -hmm. Should I FaceTime her right now? Yeah. All right, let's do, do it. Is it because I think she did it because I haven't served with her yet? I think we need to make that happen. And yeah. then she's going to make a Go video, Go GoPro. GoPro? And, and blast that, which will be awesome. <laughs> Chad, who's your... Uh... Babe of the week. My babe is Kurt Russell. Nice. Yeah. I watched uh, Executive Decision over the weekend. Good one. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. I was expecting it to be a little, you know, it, just because Steven Seagal is in it, but he dies so <laughs> yeah. soon. I was like, oh, this, this would probably be corny, but it was really good. It's a good movie. And, it's I, every uh, Kurt Russell, I, I just, I, I love watching that guy. Tequila Sunrise. Yeah. Uh, he just. Another Fast and Furious alum. Right, oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Nobody. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So have you uh, hung out with him at all? I have not hung out with him. I haven't yeah. had the pleasure. Yeah, he seems uh, He seems like a cool guy. He seems very cool. Yeah, he's. I, I like that I like that he has that, like, he, he's, like, very good looking, you know? But he's, like, that kind of, like, old school, like. Yeah, you feel like, like he could be, like, the hot dad at a high school. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like he feels you, like a real man. You buy yeah. it a does. little bit more. He doesn't yeah. feel, like 
uh, born out of some like acting school. He feels like he walked off from like the plant and just was like, hey, I'll be an actor now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's what I like. An unalloyed masculinity, but he can still yeah. play scary. Unalloyed. Good yeah. word. I stole that. Chris Connolly described Mark Wahlberg as having an unalloyed masculinity in Boogie Nights. Oh, really? And that's what would, would have made him better than Leo because I guess Leo was the other option. Wow. That's probably too much context. Who's your baby? <laughs> my baby of the week uh, would be my babe Mason Morfitt. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of unalloyed masculinity, that's, that's who it would be. <laughs> because, by the way, I don't like pretty boys. I think pretty boys, like, and, and to bring it back, sorry, my love, to Paul, he got better as he aged and became, like, rougher right. around the edges. So that's that's what I like about my guy over there. He's handsome. He's very handsome. Yeah. Good scruff. And, he, and he'll throw down and he has a very deep voice. Well, now, Mason, maybe we could ask you about this. Now, because when we've been out, been out with you guys, you guys get paparazzi to take photos of you. So you've, you're like new to this, right? Paparazzi and stuff. And so how does it feel having like, you know, I'm, I'm friends with you. So I'll see like shirtless photos of you in like the Daily Mail or something like that. Has that been like an adjustment for you? Uh, yeah. Um, you want to get the name that? Well, the first um, couple dozen times, I had no idea anyone was around, right? And so it was kind of creepy because you sh- you're being observed. That's weird. You're, yeah, you're exposed. And then I made the rookie mistake because this isn't my world of reading the comments. Mm. Oh, and Jordana goes, yep. "You idiot! You never read the comments, right?" And and one of them said. Uh, this guy needs to hit the gym and get a full body wax, <laughs> which is when I reached out to you. Yeah, we talked a little about it. About, yeah, like, what do you think I should do? And 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 you know, uh, what what's your opinion on on chest hair? But you can really go down a rabbit hole when you read the comments, and so that's you know my only sort of profound lesson learned is, is don't do that. Right, smart, but it's cool. It's happening. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean. Um, it's, it's a new life experience, yeah. And do you have that discipline of, of being able to not read the comments? So, do you guys remember IMDb? Yes. Of course. Oh my right. god, I One used best, to go on the best message websites boards. of all time. Just on it, yeah. yeah. In my twenties, I would go on the message boards, non, because I had way too much time on my hands. Because, mm-hmm. like, I just you know did, and I would torture myself because there would just be these threads of just like people obliterating me. So no, I don't have the discipline, and now I've discovered Daily Mail message mm. boards. And despite what I say, oh, man. I still read them, and some of them stick. They're awful, right? Yeah, if they're perceptive, it's they can be. Well, I didn't say perceptive. I mean, in I my case, spirited, right? And sorry, cruel. the, one, the <laughs> ones that hurt me no, more course. are the ones that have like a kernel of truth to of them. Course. Yeah, that's, sorry. That's yeah, I wasn't always, suggesting that. No, yeah. that's always yeah, the case. No, no, dude, you look great. <laughs> no, but that's always the case. Is if there's like a little nugget of truth there, you're like, ooh, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, my babe of the week is. Oh, I wanted to go with an actor too. I'm gonna go with a uh, Billy Crudup. Nice. I think he's such a good actor. Such and, a good actor. And I was watching him in the morning show, and he plays like this, like kind of like ostensibly slimy character who's just all about like. Uh, ambition and rising to the top but somehow his character is like uh doing the right is kind of the only character doing the right thing throughout which i thought was like a cool commentary on how like right now because like being virtuous is like and like virtue signaling is like an important part of like 
being powerful. So it kind of makes sense for this character who's just ambitious to actually be virtuous because that's actually works to accelerate. Even if you don't really believe in it, it's like Mm -hmm. the best way to accelerate your your career right now. And he played that so perfectly and he was so fun in it. And I know he just brought this weird like glee to the performance. And I was like, I don't know anyone else who could have done that. He doesn't get enough cred for it. I don't know. He's been so, he's so good and like almost famous. I almost feel like Mm -hmm. he like intentionally doesn't want to be like, right yeah like huge or something like that but he's so good in everything he's yeah. really good and so yeah i just want to give love to a billy credit uh chat who's your legend of the week uh my legend of the week is you guys and bella nice uh because we, we've been sort of hanging out with you guys here and there for the past year so it's been fun i mean it's, it's something i never would have like pictured like as being like possible in my life had i been younger you know what i mean so it's been really I don't know, it's been incredible getting to know you guys and That's welcoming awesome. us into your lives. That's and Bella, nice. too, shout out. She's been, you know, a good friend to us, and she's given us advice, too, and gave me dating advice. It's awesome. She's so, the best. Yeah. You guys so, are the best. You should have yeah, called her about that text, by the way. She would have been like, stop it. Do not text her back. Just chill. He told me. I shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't it have listened to you. He had to clarify. They were confused on the taco, too. <laughs> What? <laughs> they didn't know it was confusing yeah i, know. I told you oh it wasn't gosh. a deal breaker either way i know i know i told my mom and she laughed at the joke I was you like, can't put this on me i didn't know yeah yeah i, I know i know I, I it's all on me but i think it's okay but i get it dude look we're living and dying on every text message that's i'm what, out there that, yeah that's, that's also my other beef is like texting it's like it's yeah. so my voice just cracked because I'm so Because you're so impassioned. Yeah. yeah. It's just so, you know, you're, you're like, I don't know, man. It's such a mind game because you're sort of like, you're like, I'm I'm fine. Like, I I like who I am. You're a good like, person. You have like, self-worth. Yeah, yeah. Why do I have to, you know, you know. Export it. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. It's just like, but, you know, that it, it's, it is actually cool that that's why I stress about the most is texting Although I stress about career stuff instead, all that stuff. But I do love like finding your journey to like acceptance through like just silent gesticulation. Be like, I mean, it's just like I gotta. <laughs> it's just you know you're, and then, but it is it, uh, it's okay. Well, I was just laying <laughs> yeah. on the uh, JT left my house. I was laying on the couch. He's you like, you're gonna be shit. okay. I'm yeah. like, I'm not gonna be okay, dude. I almost dude. Didn't, I fucked it all up. I almost didn't leave. I stayed like an extra hour because I was like, I can't leave him right now, dude. I was like, <laughs> oh I was just gosh. sitting there and I didn't want to bother you too much. But, but I was like, that's a good like, friend. I was like, you good though? I knew. I knew it was a non-issue though. But I was just like, yeah. But I don't know. You're having fun with it. It it is fun in a way. You're on the ride. It is fun. I mean, you yeah. guys had that too, right? In like the courting process, I'm sure there was a lot of like nervousness and a lot of moments where you thought, like, is this gonna continue to grow or are we gonna hit like an impasse? A or lot. Something? And I also think it's a really good sign if you get anxiety because right. I think when you stop caring, it it's a really bad sign. Yeah, right? you want to be like, invested. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I've been with my wife eight years. I still have to explain jokes to her all the time. Really? And uh, sometimes I'll send a text and I'm like, ooh, she's going to get that. Oh, nice. I mean, it still happens, so. Dude, that's huge. Yeah, it's fine. You know what else I think is passive aggressive? Instead of texting back if you just like something. That's my way. Right. I'm kind of upset right now. Right, totally. Who's your legend of the week? Um... This, it's, it sounds like such a weird thing. I was in line for coffee. Does it have to be someone famous? No. I was in line at Cafe Lux, my favorite coffee shop in LA. It's so good. And this guy was in front of me and he was like this peaceful like force. 
And I loved his energy. And he had this vest on with like doggy treats to each side. And I was like, sir, can I have a card? And he's like, I don't carry cards. Like he, <laughs> he spoke very softly. And I was like, because I have this crazy Portuguese water dog and I really need you to chill her out. Um, so, and she has since been really mellow. My dog went from like jumping all over the place to like super chill. And he's just transformed her with his magic. So nice. dope dog walker. I think it's called Happy Dog Service. I'm going to check it out. But he's my legend of the week. Let's go. That's nice. Um, sure he's not just giving your dog weed. <laughs> he, is he dosing him? Happy Dog Service. It's Bernardo. Bernardo's my legend of the week. Whatever he's giving your dog, it's high, it's high quality. <laughs> um, my legend of the week is uh, Logan Paul. Nice. Dude, I don't know. I think he just keeps winning. You know what I mean? I mean, because we made so much fun of him after the Japanese... Uh, dead body thing you know where he he showed someone who had committed suicide like their body in the background of a video and he's like oh dude that was fucking crazy mm -hmm. um which was not a good reaction but then i was thinking about it more we almost had a run-in with a biker gang we were shooting like a biker video and then we went up to a biker gang like a pretty notorious one and we we're like hey could we shoot like a little video with you guys and they were like are you out of your mind and then a guy who worked <laughs> at like it was at like a harley davidson place and the guy who worked there was like hey you can't shoot with them like they'll stab you and then we we're like okay yeah we'll get out of here and then it made it made us all talk about how the Rolling Stones used to hire the Hells Angels to do security for them. And then they ended up killing a guy at Altamont. And I was like, that's like, that's way worse than what Logan Paul did. Mm -hmm. And that's like the 10th thing people talk about the Rolling Stones. It's like, if you just keep going, people will forget about your huge mistake. Now, granted, oh, yeah. the Rolling Stones have like, you know, Sympathy for the Devil and like Give Me Shelter and all these beautiful songs. And Logan Paul doesn't really have something like that. But I don't know. I just think the guy just keeps going. So he's my legend of the week. And after the fight, he was like, I hate being an asshole. And I like kind of believed him. And I was like, I don't know. I think I like Logan Paul. He, he went eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather. I'm like, I don't know. He's kind of, he's kind of a legend. For sure. He's never going to be my favorite guy, but. No, he, he definitely came out on top. Yeah. He survived too. Yeah. Not a good night for boxing. Not good for boxing. Uh, what's your quote of the week, Chad? Um, my quote of the week is actually from yesterday. We were trying to shoot this video. And can I mention the. The biker club. I wouldn't mention their name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're that. Damn. I don't know. I mean, I'm just. I don't know. I'm scared. Yeah. Okay. I gotta think of a new quote then. Just say it. We're fine. No, just say no, it. No, they're not gonna hurt no. us. We're fine. They might hurt us, dude. They were pretty scary. Uh, Did you tell them you watched Sons of Anarchy or the look of menace in their eyes? Yeah. Let's see. It was. I respected it. I kind of wanted to be around it, but <laughs> yeah. it was a. Uh, it did feel threatening. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. What am I? They had their prospect, you know, a guy who's trying to be in the gang, just sweeping after them. Oh, wow. And they were doing yeah. a big meeting. They're like, you don't want to shoot her anyways. Like, the leader has cancer. They're doing like a fundraiser for him. I was like, what a sweet gang. Yeah, maybe, maybe my quote is, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to say the name. This is my quote. This is, this is from yesterday. Hey, do you mind if we just uh, film us shooting this little Instagram ad for hard seltzer with you guys? No, they'll stab you. <laughs> oh my That's God. My what's your quote of the week uh well i just like the nerd i am i just googled virginia wolf and i found a really good quote in keeping with all the message board stuff that we were talking about the eyes of others our prisons their thoughts our cages oh. that's a good one right oh like you wolf um my quote of the week comes from uh uh, Jim Kelly, he was a personal trainer that we all went to in high school. He was like a six, four dude from New York, strong and ripped, um, English major. 
And uh, he actually ended up cutting me as one of his clients because I wasn't strong enough. And uh, but <laughs> so I'll, insulting. Yeah, I also didn't show up sometimes, but basically it was because I didn't really have much prospects uh, <laughs> athletically. So I ended up working out with one of his protégés, who I ended up yeah. becoming really good friends with, all for the best. But uh, Jim at some point was like feeling wayward in, in training and he wanted to try something else. So he started writing a crime book and he named one of the characters after my friend Andrew. And then uh, one day... Jim came to the to the gym and he was like, I changed the name of from Andrew Johnson. It was too cookie cutter. His name now is Vincenzo Vega. <laughs> and I was like, this book's going to rip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's my quote of the week. Andrew Johnson, too cookie cutter. Uh, Chad, what's your phrase of the week for getting after it? Uh, my phrase of the week for getting after it is, um... oh, let's hit the NOS. And basically, you just got a NOS tank. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You got a Nas tank? You got a Nas tank. Like in your car? No. Oh. <laughs> Just like as like an artifact from the film? Yeah. Oh, very chill. 150 bucks on eBay. That's a great purchase. And I, and I double clutched and I texted Chad and I was like, should I buy this? I mean, it's stupid waste of money. And he was like, you got to do it. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. What's your uh, phrase we you forget after? Oh, damn it. You guys... What does what does uh, our trainer say all the time? We work out with this trainer who's really awesome. He's getting us jacked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Aaron Lautman. Um, you guys, I'm I'm pulling a blank. Pulling a blank is a good one. Pulling a blank. Yeah. I'm pulling a blank. I'm I can see that blank. firing some people up. I'm pulling a blank. Or does he yeah. say, uh, "Come on, let's get ten. Is that something he says? Let's get 10. No, he doesn't say let's get 10. Um, Does he have an accent? He doesn't have an accent. Kind of New York accent, actually. Like Jim. Yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll do mine real quick, and then if, if you don't have one, we can we can figure it out. Yeah. One time, Jim left a message on the trainer he cut me to's answering machine, and he was quoting the movie Ronin. And he goes, hey, Tej, I was watching the movie Ronin, and someone asked me if he ever killed somebody, and, and Robert De Niro, and it's a hitman like criminal he goes you ever killed anyone he goes nah but i heard someone's feelings once and then, <laughs> and then jim on the answering machine just went uh, <laughs> and hung up but that is a great line from the movie ronin written by uh, david mammon i think and her pseudonym uh what's your favorite week you ready you know it just reminded me of uh a movie we would watch all the time on on the set of annapolis uh team america funny movie remember that so mm-hmm. funny and america fuck yeah over and over again. That's a good phrase like, of the week. Fuck yeah. America, fuck yeah. Yeah. You don't hear that enough now, too, that's, you know? You know, and that's another thing my son quotes all the time. He's He gets, like, very, like, pro-American. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you can do that in America, mom. And I'm like, Julian, you're seven. Like, relax. Also, like, that's not something you want to be saying. But that passion is very healthy. The passion's very healthy. It's, yeah, misdirected somewhat. But, yeah. So Maybe America, he'll heal America yeah. to the version that we always dreamed of. I hope so. Through through Strider's stewardship. Yes, through Strider's stewardship, yes. Because he'll also, you'll probably have to edit this out, but he'll also be like, Mommy, I can't have a play date with that girl. Her dad's a transporter. Like, uh, he'll say stuff really? like he's very uh, precocious. Nice. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like Strider could be like, I always look to like sort of mentors in my life as sort of the Harry Stamper, like Bruce Willis and Armageddon. Mm-hmm. I feel like strider can be that for julian he is yeah yeah that's beautiful he definitely yeah. is he'll be on the next one too when we all get together yeah. oh yeah 
get some more mics in here. All right, well, that was it. Awesome, you guys. Yeah, thanks you for joining us. Awesome. That yeah. was really fun. That was really fun. Mason, thanks for guys. coming in. And I've listened to all, what are we at, 189? This will be 191. 191. You knowing yeah. that is so freaking nice, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. So cool. All right. So wait, this am is, I am I one ninety two? Top tier. I think this is the best one ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. Bella should also be super flattered. She was mentioned at least like five times. Oh yeah, she's she's getting a lot of airtime. It's, it's gonna be the first time she's heard my impression of. Her. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> she's not gonna be happy. All right. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. Thank guys. you guys. Thanks. This yeah. was really fun. Yeah, that was so fun. These guys are really nice.